Good morning, church family. Welcome. We're glad you're here with us today. Thank you. I'm t- and I hardly ever talk myself. Okay. First things first. I'm going off script a little bit. This sanctuary is beautiful. I have to say, I, I am so... That is thanks largely to Becky, probably to Pastor Mark, and to whoever else helped. Thank you for that. My thing is, I've heard that we're doing simple Christmas this year, and that is right up my alley. Christmas time should not be busy. It should not be hectic. You should not be stressed from what you have to do. You should be thinking about the birth of Jesus, which was very simple because he was born in a manger. Today on the way here, I heard the song Silent Night. And my first thought was, that's simple. I learned some stuff about that in high school, but that was a couple years ago. (laughs) Or 53 years. Um, Silent Night was written by a man, don't remember details, but it was on Christmas Eve. It was written by him and sung by him and a friend on a guitar. That's it, simple as it gets. So try to take a minute and just calm and be calm and think about Christ. Don't think about shopping lists and stuff. You don't need to worry about that. If you don't get a gift for somebody, they'll get over it, or they won't talk to you again, and you won't owe them a gift next year. Anywho, I promise not to do comedy, but that is a fact. Um, Connect cards. They're on the back of the seat in front of you. If you fill them out, the most important part of them is the backside. Prayers, if you have prayer, if you, someone you know needs prayer, please let the office know that. The staff prays. We have a group of people who pray also. But also, if you have great things going on in your life, let them know that too. The, the people want to share in your greatness and good things that are happening. This world is not so happy these days. We need to know happy stuff, so do that. Some things that are happening in our church. Men's breakfast was yesterday. Okay. There won't be another men's breakfast until April because of basketball. So that's done for now. Youth group, Christmas party is today right after service. Um, Senior lunch, tomorrow at noon. It's a great time for fellowship. The food is delicious, but the company is way better than the food even. So if you're inclined to do that, come and join us. Christmas Eve, December 24th. I'm only giving the date because my granddaughter did not know the date of Christmas Eve. So I thought, well, maybe she's not the only one. We will have our regular service here at 10 o'clock in the morning, and then the Christmas Eve candlelight service will be at 6.30 p.m. that night. Still a couple dates to sign up for basketball. If you or someone you know is interested, this Tuesday and Wednesday in the church office from 9.30 until 12.30, Um, and that will be the end of that. They are still looking for volunteers. If you can help in any way, you can either put it on your Connect card or you can give the office a call. And now, from Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. And now we're gonna welcome Mike and Bev Cook to come up and light our second Advent candle. Today we light the peace candle. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. 
from Luke 2, 13, 14. Jesus is sent by the Father to bring peace between God and man. We are caught up in a struggle, strife, and sin. Jesus doesn't come, however, to smooth over our conflicts, nor does he come with armed might to the force to lay us down our arms. Rather, he comes to die for the sins that lie in the heart of a rebellion against him. The Prince of Peace takes upon himself our sins and unrest. As Isaiah put it, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Isaiah 53, 5. To receive his peace this Christmas, come to him in surrender, and through his act of faith, receive his grace of forgiveness and shalom. Would you pray with me? Father, forgive us our selfish, rebellious hearts. We open ourselves to you and invite you to come into us fresh and grant us your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Do you stand with us, please? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let all their songs implore. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Joy. Joy and overflowing well, no tongue can tell. Joy, unspeakable joy that rises in my soul. truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love an overflowing well no tongue can tell joy unspeakable 
To 
gave the message I was going to give. <laughs> we're on the same page. I was thinking the same thing you were, you were thinking before this song, of how busy the season gets, and, and I, more than several times this week, I've heard people say, this season just gets so busy. It's Christmas. Even coming in this morning, people say, oh, it's Christmas. We're just really busy. And it's just, you know, like, like, like Kathy was saying earlier, just, we need to just stop and just be silent, be still. And, you know, it's, I feel like we say this message every Christmas, and I feel like I've said it many times, and, but I think this year we need to listen. <laughs> you know, I need to listen. I mean, just, you know, sometimes, you know, I, you know I, at our house when the Christmas tree is lit up and it's laid out and it's quiet, and you just kind of sit there, and it's just sort of peaceful, you know? And, uh, and, I, and I assume maybe that's the same at your homes. But just take a moment, even now, and let's just be, let's just be still. Just understand, like, the song we just sang, like, the words in these songs are just amazing, you know, about the birth of Christ and how he came for us to save the world. And, I mean, what a great message. What a great story. What a life-changing story. So as we sing this song, let's, let's just be still. Silent night, holy night, oh. Yeah. 
child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father of peace of the greatest of his government and peace there will be no end he will reign on david's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that day on and forever Lungs sing over you, my worthy King of peace. 
rise like incense my whole life like fragrance every ounce here broken at your feet every breath an offering my heart cries these lungs sing over you Could I not bring a lifetime worth of worship to you, God? To let it rise like incense, my whole life, the fragrance every ounce, ear broken at your feet. Every breath, an offering, my heart cries, these lungs sing over you, my worthy. reading today is from Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Will you pray with me? Dear God, we come before you today, and we thank you for the freedom to worship, the freedom to read the scriptures, the freedom to sing. We pray for the world today. We pray for peace and unrest all over. Wrap your arms around those who are hurting. We pray for our church family as well, whether it's spoken or unspoken. We pray for physical weakness, spiritual, mental. Give everyone strength that needs it. 
Wrap your arms around them. Give them peace. We thank you for the reason for the season. We thank you for Jesus and for letting his coming be simple but powerful. We thank you for him being born in a manger and sent to earth to die on a cross so that we can be forgiven. Let us embrace that. We thank you for our pastor and his love and care for this church. And we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if I turn on the microphone, it works better. See, okay. Now, as we get closer to Christmas, I get a little bit more nostalgic, I think is the word. Um, I think back to years gone by. Back in, in elementary school, I went to Armour Elementary. It's a part of the uh, Hamburg uh, school system. It was a little, little, little school. Uh, kindergarten was in the basement. I, it was so small, the cafeteria, the gymnasium, the library... Uh, the auditorium was one room. It was, it was really difficult having lunch when somebody had gym, okay? Let's just put it that way. But um, one thing I remember from those days is we would make these, uh, just before I think um, uh, break for Thanksgiving, you'd make those chains, you know, the paper mache chains, you'd glue them, you'd paste them. We used paste, and of course, there was always some kid eating the paste. But anyways, we would, yeah, okay, you know who I mean, no names. So, we, and no pointing at the platform. Okay, so, we, we would make those chains, right? You'd, you'd make them to, from, from when you came back from break until Christmas vacation. And every day you'd break one chain. Whoever was the, the calendar reader got to go up front and break that chain and take that link and set it down. We'd all be going, wow, it's closer to Christmas. It's closer to Christmas. And I don't know, as a second grader, those 24 links seemed to be like a mile and a half long. It would never come. It just took forever. After my wife and I had children, I discovered that I was not the only one who had a hard time waiting on things. On more than one occasion, we have, might have caught a child that we know uh, peeking at Christmas presents or looking in closets or, oh, I was just hanging something up in your closet, Dad. You never hang up clothes. Why this time, right? So it was just something like that. And in my role as a grandparent, on one or more occasion, I may or have felt somebody tugging on my shirt sleeve or their pants like, Grandpa, Grandpa, Grandpa! We gotta go. I need this. Last week, I took my granddaughter Kinsley on an adventure. We went up to Batavia, and being a wise and somewhat experienced grandfather, I put Kinsley in the shopping cart when we went to BJ's. Now, not in the seat part because you can get kicked, but rather in the shopping cart spot so that when she didn't get what she wanted, I was out of reach. But I could also steer it so that not every Barbie and Barbie doll thing ended up in my cart. We could just move along, keep on going. Now, I did get her three books, okay? So I could justify it to her parents buying her something. I did get three books. Okay, one of them had a wand, one of them had a clicky camera thing, but the other one was a legit book. (laughs) I'm a pushover, I know. The point is, it can be difficult to wait. 
Especially when we say, we really, really need it. Or I really want it. As a kid, that can be it as the wait for Christmas morning. I need this, I want this. And we get, ha. Oh. Or maybe it's even when we're looking forward to a much-deserved vacation or trip. And as an adult, the waiting can be hard as well. Especially when we're struggling. When we're waiting, we may anticipate the coming events, but with anticipation can also come, well, other things like anxiety, sadness, loss, frustration. In the days leading up to the birth of their child, my son Mark and his wife Katie, they experienced some of that frustration and anxiety. Marky, my son, is a little OCD. Okay, so... Everything had to be perfect. The baby's room was made up and set and decorated two, three months beforehand. <laughs> Everything was put together. We were there about two weeks before the birth, and, and he's putting together this diaper pail. It's battery-operated. You put the diaper in, you press the button, and it's all sealed up. It's cool. All this stuff was put together beforehand, but he was anxious. Is it all going to be ready in time? He's anxious about his wife's health. He's anxious about baby Eli's health. And, and, and in speaking to Katie, she was ready for this baby to come as well. She was growing weary, uncomfortable, and anxious in the waiting. When we're struggling in the waiting, we can grow weary. We, we may have some doubts. We may have some anxiety and fear. But we can find strength even in that. We can find the strength we need to get through the waiting. It's found in God. And all these things, too, are found in Advent. For Advent is a time of waiting, of anticipation, of hope, of expectation, and anxiety as well. The prophet Isaiah is often, oftentimes quoted during Advent. For in several places, he foretells about this coming Messiah. He says that the Messiah would be preceded by a voice crying into the wilderness that the Messiah would be born of a virgin, be named Emmanuel, come from David's line, dwell in Galilee. He foretold that the Messiah would be full of power and understanding that he would preach the gospel to both the meek and to those with hard hearts. He would be persecuted, smitten, smote, struck, spit upon, and even killed. His suffering and death would be for transgressors and sinners, and he would be numbered with transgressors and make his grave with the rich. And of course, the most oftentimes quoted one, Isaiah 9. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtaliah, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation, increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdened them. Sin. The bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. All of that promised in Isaiah 9. 
at the writing of that, though? From when Isaiah wrote that down, when he spoke those words? That promised child from Galilee would not arrive for about 700 years. For us living in this day, to get from Isaiah to Matthew is just a, oop, I'm there. A few pages in a book. But what about all those generations that waited? They simply waited, looking forward to the day when, to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Waiting is not easy. But even Isaiah speaks of that, too. It was read for us earlier. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. In waiting, we might get anxious. We we might start wondering, where's this help I'm promised? Where's this help that's supposed to be coming from? It's like in those old westerns. I watch old westerns. They're in black and white. Um, Old westerns, you have the brave hero, right? He, he's standing off the bad guys. He's outnumbered. He's outgunned. He might even have a wound in his shoulder with only the woman that he loves beside him. He's desperate, but he knows it's a losing battle. When we hear in the distance the sound of many horses, aid, aid has finally come, and the tables have been turned. The bad guys are apprehended, and the once beleaguered outcast saddle tramp is now the hero of the town. Now, you may think that only happens in those old black and white movies. But let me read to you a psalm of David. How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. You know, waiting can do that to you. How long, how long, how long? David's like a child on a, Lord car, on a long car ride. Are we there yet? He then says, if he has to wait any longer, he's going to die. <coughs> Those who are against him and God will rejoice. Sounds like that saddle tramp before the army arrives, right? He's trapped. He's at the ranch house. But then, David's pleas and lament to praise. He's recognizing that all things are in God's hands. God's timing is perfect, and that this waiting will produce an even greater rejoicing. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. We live in an age of convenience. Ever-increasing number of our tasks can be automated. We lived in Orchard Park, West Seneca area. <coughs> My dad worked at the steel plant for a time, and, and we would every once in a while drive him to work so Mom could have the car. 
And we'd also take a trip and go buy the Ford stamp and plant and all that stuff. All that stuff's automated. Where there used to be thousands of cars parked, there's hundreds of cars parked because there's robotics and there's automation to do the work. You look on those assembly line plant floors now and there's few people walking around. Important, don't get me wrong, but most is done automated. You're hungry? Call Grubhub. 30 minutes, they'll be at your door with their food. We live in that type of a world today. <coughs> All of those things make us more and more impatient. We want it yesterday. I was just complaining to my wife. We ordered something on Amazon. Oh, it'll be here, but man, it's going to take four days. Waiting is not something in our modern culture we do well. In our faith journeys, we must relearn patience. Oftentimes we need, we want God to operate on our timing. I know what's going on in my life, Lord. I need it now. We need to shift that idea. We operate on God's timing. We need to, like the psalmist, move from demanding an answer to God to praising God in the waiting, to trust God in the waiting. As parents, both I and my wife wanted the children to be born, don't get me wrong, especially the twins. <laughs> but we had to wait. The child needs to develop, to grow, to be well-formed. We wait for God so that the blessing, the answer, the whatever it is we need is well-formed and ready to be received and to impact the situation best. And God knows when that timing is. Paul writes about it this way. Uh, this is the message uh, version. It's from Romans 5. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with him, make us fit for him, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall, shouting our praise, and there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with trouble because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us and how that patience in us forges the tempered steel of virtue keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Qu quite the contrary. We, can, we cannot round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. The ability to persevere in the waiting, in the troubles, in the anxiety for a Christ, for a Christ follower in this waiting, does not negate the reality of God's love, but rather provides an occasion to affirm God's love, affirm his presence. And in doing this, it grows our patience, and it tempers it, growing it strong and resilient. Paul writes about that in Galatians 5, right? The fruit of the Spirit. One of those fruit being patience. So how do we develop this type of patience? Well, back to Isaiah 40. Even youths 
shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. First thing we need to do is realize that we need God. We need His strength. When you become tired in the waiting, what do you do? Do you complain? How long, God? How long? Or do you simply say something like, oh, I was made to suffer, you know, resigning himself to fate. As children of God, though, we have access to the very creator of all things, the very giver of life, the Alpha, the Omega. <coughs> Should have drank water, not coffee. We have the very give, we have access to all of that. We have access to God, the Alpha, the Omega, in the waiting. Seek God. Seek God out. Jesus said, Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, not everything will be or can be accomplished in our own strength, on our own timeline. We need God. We need His perspective, His guidance. And yeah, his rescue. So how do I speak my realization that I need God? Is it with, how long, Lord, how long? Or is it with, thank you. I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. In our realization of our need for God, we need to praise God. Mike, I'm pretty sure there's a worship song somewhere in there. Second, tap into God's strength. The Hebrew word here is not just renew, you, you know, that the, it said it will renew their strength. It's not just that idea like resting after a hard work. Oh, you'll just be recovered quickly, right? No, the, 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 the Hebrew word there is more than that. It means strength is available to replace to exchange with those who are worn out. God's strength replaces our own strength. It just doesn't give you enough oomph to get back to where you started from. It's like swapping batteries in an old device. The first line of the text implies that we've already tried it ourselves, our way. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. We've tried it. And we've exhausted ourselves doing it. We've come up short. Even those with seemingly boundless energy, youths will grow tired. My grandkids can run around like energizer bunnies all day long, and I get exhausted just watching them. That's what Isaiah is getting at. Even those with seemingly boundless energy, boundless enthusiasm, boundless ideas will eventually run out because they're doing it on their own strength. I'm sure you know someone who, because of self-motivation, self-assurance, selfness, I know that's not a real word, okay, have driven themselves to exhaustion, maybe even to despair when things have gone haywire. Okay, and just for way of confession, a few times that's been me. I act like it's all up to me. I put it all on my shoulders 
But who am I to think I'm that important? That indispensable? That it all depends upon me? I have found myself there. But when I finally turn to God and say, I need you, his strength, his wisdom replaces my own. Because I turn the need, the plan, the whatever it is I'm operating fully over to him. It's no longer my power that makes it work. It's God's power. My power is like a AAA battery, whereas God's power is like the Hoover Dam. The sun and all the stars combined into one. Third, we realize our need for God. We tap into God's strength. Then we have real hope. This hope is an active dependency on God that patiently awaits his timing with confidence and even with expectation. This trust in God will replace any false leaning on a person's own strength. Placing your hope in God implies that there's a spiritual bond that exists that allows us to admit our own helplessness, our own helplessness, and to commit our welfare completely, totally into the hands of his strong power. This act of trust will enable God to replace our weaknesses with the soaring wings of an eagle. Our weary legs will be transformed into strong legs that run fast. The fainting person will be able to walk for miles. Trust is never easy. But it is the key to unlocking God's power while we wait. This week, I'd like you to try something. The children of Israel, when they were waiting uh, either in Egypt or or waiting for the Messiah or or even waiting when they were in captivity, could could quote how their rescue was to come, who it was going to come from, where it was going to come from. Now, they didn't have Bibles and stuff, but what they would do is they would write it out on piece of paper, fold it up small, and you can read about it in the Old Testament, they would put it in these little boxes and tie it to their forehead. I'm not suggesting you tie it on your forehead or tattoo it there. However, what I am suggesting is that you write a card. My mother-in-law would write cards out and leave them around the house to encourage yourself and to encourage my father-in-law. She'd write it out on a three-by-five card and put it on a mirror, put it on the, on the refrigerator door, Lay it someplace around so it could be seen to encourage them. I'd like to ask you to write out Isaiah 40, 30 through 31 on a piece of paper, on a three-by-five card, or a couple of them. Place them around the house for you to read and remember. And when you do pray, praise God, and then pray for God to give you the strength in the hard things in the life you lead, in the place where you're waiting right now. I could have had the office print up cards and papers for you and passed them out and left them out for you and just grab a card. But you know what? This isn't about what I or the office can do for you. This needs to be a step you need to take for you. No one else can walk the road for you. We can walk it with you, but we can't walk it for you. You have to start. So write it. Read it, pray it, and live it in the waiting. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. 
Thank you for your prophets who have spoken of old. Thank you for the encouragement they give us. And Father, thank you that in this time of waiting, we don't do this thing alone. Oh, we can and we'll fail miserably and we'll be crying out, how long, how long? But because you are with us, we can praise you. Because of your strength filling us, we can praise you in this waiting that we do, in this waiting of life, of things that come our way, of the busyness, of the stress, of well, the illnesses, the injuries, all those things we face. Father, all we need to do is to trust, to ask, and to lean into your strength. Father, I confess, my strength is, like I said, that AAA battery. <laughs> Some days, not even that strong. But your power is limitless. Your strength is sufficient, and your timing is perfect. So, Father, be with us this week. Help us to remember this verse from, these verses from Isaiah 40 and to put them into place in our lives so that we no longer ask how long but rather say, I praise you for all you are and all you are doing. Amen. Mike? Amen. Thank you. Uh, would you stand with us as we close? <clears throat>
Thank you, Mike. Team, thanks. Before we uh, wrap up, uh, just a quick uh, announcement. If you're able to stick around for a few minutes, um, we need to stack some chairs, no more than like four or five high. We have senior uh, lunch happening this week, and it's just easier for us to do that. And I'm going to tell you right up, better for my back. So <laughs> if you can hang out for a couple, anybody who can, if you can't, that's perfectly fine. Let me leave you with this. It's from the psalm that I quoted earlier. It's from Psalm 13. David, Father God, no longer do we cry how long, but we trust in your unfailing love. Our heart rejoices in your salvation, and we will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to us. Have a good week.